Welcome to Mapa with me, Mihingarangi Forbes, brought to you by Tamangai Paho and the Public Interest Journalism Fund. This is the last of our extended interviews with party leaders before the election. Hoi anō, ko taku manuhiri tuarangi i tēnei hōtaka, ko te kaiarihi takirua o te Pāti Māori, ko Rāwari Waititi, i te tūngāne tēnā koe, me ngā mahi atawhai ki a koe i te rerunga o tō kōka. Tēnā koe, tēnā koe e mihi, kia ora tātai. Your mum just passed away, I was wondering what she thought of you becoming an MP. I think she was extremely proud, and mum was a very humble person. Um, and, um, you know, losing over the last week kind of puts things into sp yeah. perspective about actually what really matters. And what mm. really matters is to um, ensure we always know um, who we are, who we represent, uh, and that um, we're all striving for a better apopo for her mokopuna. Yeah. And mum was an absolute, her, her mokopuna loved her, she loved her mokopuna. And I think the future was about uh, ensuring that they had a, had a brighter apopo. Mm. Ia koe e tamariki ana e kaha tōwhare ki te wānanga i ngā take tōranga pū o te wā? Eta, te katunu e ngā kōrero. Ko te tōranga pū, kei te tēpū, hākari e kōrero tia. And so my father was part of Peter Tapsell's team with the Labour Party. The generation before that, my grandfather, Hwani Waititima, they were very apirana people. So, you know, politics wasn't too far from the dinner table. And then growing up with Auntie June in Auckland, you know, they called it Downing Street. You had Tuku up the road and Toe up the road and JT next door and <laughs> well, very, poli very political family. You couldn't get away from it. I couldn't get away from it, yes. Um, Aotearoa Ho is one of the slogans. Yeah. Um, you were forced, you also forced Parliament to start thinking about a whariparima mata hu when you refused to wear the necktie, describing it as the colonial noose. Is Parliament racist? I think Parliament, absolutely. Um, and if I look at the uh, state sponsored terrorism of our people over the last 183 years, absolutely. Um, and the system that it, it uh, uh, perpetuates uh, those types of policies that ensures some get ahead and some don't. And even just the tax, I'll just use that as, a, as an example, is the tax system. The tax system is actually built to ensure that rich people get ahead and that poor people pay for that. Um, and so that, you know, we need transformative changes. Re-indigenising that space uh, of, a, of an oppressive system uh, is exactly what uh, Te Pāti Māori need to be doing. Um, and we've done that. We've put more, there's more reo, there's more waiata, there's more, uh, you can see ourselves more in that house now than mm. we ever have before. In this campaign, it seems more offensive uh, for someone to be called racist mm. than for them to actually be racist and inflict, um, you know, harm on others. What? Why do you think that is? Oh, I think uh, it's uh, at the moment it's become the catch cry for for many people, and it's um, emboldened. Are you surprised by that? Yeah, um, not really, because um, you know I've been I've been watching social theory play itself out, and social theory has been used by people like Hitler and Trump. I'm just going to say it like. This is just an open conversation mm. about, and they used words like um, uh, subhuman. You know, the, the, the Nazis used words like subhuman to describe the Jews. Um, Trump was using those types of words and hammering the, the media and, you know, that there's segregation, separation. All of those were white supremacist tools used against black people, apartheid. You know, they're saying that Māori health authority, that Māori wards are as a, as a type of apartheid. Mm. How could you use words like that um, where indigenous peoples are now using apartheid against white people. That's, that, that is absolutely, and I, I just don't get it, and people are buying into it, 
And that's the social theory we're hearing at the moment. And so when you raise that, like you did in the mm. um, minor parties or the multi-party debate mm. the other night, you got quite a pushback by the likes of Winston Peters. Mm. Um, you know, how do you take that? Well, he just uses, he wants the 5% who believe in his type of rhetoric to get him over the line. We're talking about 150,000 people out there who are getting him to his 5%. He don't give a damn too much about the 95% out there. It's the 5% that will get him back into Parliament. And he, he'll sell his whakapapa down the road to, uh, to whoever's um, buying it. What, what are you most proud of? You know, you've been there for three years now. What's mm. your greatest achievement? I think our greatest achievement is instilling some pride and some hope into our people in a space that uh, hasn't really provided that. Um, you know, we've got the rhetoric at the moment, like you, you must vote for Labour in order to keep acting national. You know, our people have got to understand what, what, their, what, their, um, what the power of their vote is. And in actual fact, Māori do not get Labour into Parliament. Pākehā do. The percentage that Labour gets uh, in, their, in, their, um, in their party vote doesn't come from us. It comes from Pākehā voters. And so if we were strategic about MMP and stop thinking FPP, uh, which is first past the post, that's a 1993 type thinking. Mm. That's where we're thinking at the moment. Major parties must get this one over the line. It doesn't work like that. MMP, we're now seeing, you know, seeing the power of MMP. Uh, and um, if our people voted, like, say, for instance, Labour was at 33%, at the party Māori got seven Māori seats, that's 33% plus seven Māori seats. If Labour get the seven Māori seats plus yes. 33%, they only still get 33%. And this is the reason why we should not buy in uh, to the first-past-the-post rhetoric, which is back in 1993, and to the party Māori to ensure uh, that there is a left-bloc mm. government heading into this uh, next um, election. How does it sit for you propping up um, a major party? Is it a rangatira move? No, it's not. And for a long time... So will time, you not do that? No, for a long time we've been, you know, people say, oh, you must be at the table, you must be at the table. Like, it's an illusion to think that we are at anybody's table. We are invited by Pākehā. We're invited. Uh, somebody sits there and says, right, you can be a minister if you're a good boy, and you're a minister if you're a good brown boy. Um, and and that's, the, that's the illusion that we're under. It's not our table, first of all, and it's not our type of kai. I don't do cucumber sandwiches. I don't do too well with cucumbers. But, um, you know, we want our own hakari on that table. We want to be able to create our own table and we want to be able to make our own decisions. So are you saying that the old Māori, Māori Party with Dame Tariana and Peter were wrong? I think they were right for their time. But we were, this is a different time for, for our people, and you can see there's a shift. 70% of our people are 40 years and younger. You can see there's a shift and there's a growing interest of our people who are more um, aware. Social media, I think, has also played that part in terms of some of the bigger, broader issues that are happening out there for our people. And what are the kind of transformational policies that are going to make a difference for our people? Not just, um, uh, um, you know, uh, compromising in a space that... Um, really hasn't um, been conducive to the development of Tiwi Māori. So decolonisation is one, but the re-indigenisation of that space is actually where our people are at right now. So with all that, what is the purpose of Te Pāti Māori in Parliament? Like, how do you make change? Oh, if you look at Te Pāti Māori now, we've made huge changes. Uh, and like you said, so there's a pushback against Parliament, which is the enduring uh, system uh, not, not governments. Governments come and go like Te Parahasaka, Kamate, Kamate, Kaora, Kaora every three, every three years. But Parliament is the enduring thing. That's the one that protects the mana of the crown, of the crown. And so we've pushed back in that space, uh, ensuring that we don't wear ties. We want to be able to reflect our own cultural identity in that place. We hear more real, we hear more waiata, we're hearing more uh, pushback in terms of our own tikanga in that space. We've got up and done karakia, you know, for the new speaker that's come and nobody 
does those things mm. um, and ensuring that our, our, our voice is heard proudly, mm. the unceded voice of our people. That's the first thing. The second one is many of the Māori Party manifesto has been achieved by Labour, and that's been in opposition. And so if you have a look at my, a Labour Party's Māori manifesto, they don't have one. And so we welcome them to come to the kete, come and grab the policies because they will benefit. Which ones are you saying that they've come to? I think uh, the increase in whanawara funding. Um, the Matariki holiday was a, a bill introduced by the Party Māori back in 2009. The Māori Health Authority, the Party Māori was the only party that uh, campaigned on the Māori Health Authority back in 2020. Uh, the Matatini increased it to Matatini funding. In our Māori Party manifesto, we said 19 million. That's where it's at right now, but it needs to be um, um, uh, annual funding, not not just the, uh, every you know because they said it only goes up to two years. What happens after that? We go back to raffles, and so these are the things that uh, Te Party Māori have been able to achieve. Um, uh, a targeted housing Māori housing plan that was Te Party Māori again through our um, our Kainga build uh, policy. I'm telling you, and if you have a look at the Ma Labour Māori uh, manifesto, they don't have one. So, depending on how the numbers fall, where do you see Te Party Māori? Um, you know, in the greatest, uh, strongest position, would you would you go into a coalition? Would you sit outside one? Would are the cross benches the one for you? Like, you know, if people are going to vote for you, what are they going to look for? I think our people understand um, the 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 quarter that we've been having. And so, if you look at the the, the marae, mm. if you look at our Farenui, you've got one mahi on the left and one mahi on the right. I think the party Māori always need to be the tapu of that marae, which sits in the corner. And so it doesn't matter whether you're left or right, because we're straight up the guts and we're with the Māori, and we should be always sitting there making the decisions. And whether the left or the right are saying, uh, this is how we're voting, we should be always making that decision to say, in actual fact, no, that's going to harm our people. So are you saying that if, if, if the right, and we'll say they're national for yeah. now, um, have a policy that you you like, you'll mm. vote with them? Well, if there is a policy that doesn't harm our people, and we've got to go through, is it utility-centric? Does it build a tiriti-centric Aotearoa? Does it continue to harm tangata whenua? Is it fair on tangata tiriti as well? Those are all the things that we will start ticking off. And if absolutely, we will, we will say, yes, we will support that. But if we don't support it, we'll be just going the other way. Are you opening the door to a, oh, to no, a relationship Oh, no, no, I don't think it's, it's opening the door to anybody. It's opening the door to, uh, um, to having robust conversations about what is the best for tangata whenua and tangata tiriti to start moving towards a tiriti-centric Aotearoa and start creating this Aotearoa ho that we all aspire to. You know, when you hear Chris Christopher Luxon uh, say he'd never work with the Party Māori, and then you reflect on you know the gains that Tariana and Peter did get with Sir John Key government. Do you think? What do you think of his kōrero? Oh, I think he's out of touch, and I think he uh, pulled a trigger on that um, um, a little bit too early. Um, and that shows as an experience because um, I know he's an experience. He's just as inexperienced as I am because both of us went in on the 2020, um, the class of 2020. But um, I think he pulled the trigger too early. And again, catering to a certain demographic, uh, they don't want to see Māori achieving anything and just think that we're assimilated and we're all Kiwis. Um, and so um, that's the first thing I want to make. And the other one is he said, oh, I don't think we could work with uh, Te Pāti Māori because um, they're not the same as, uh, the leadership is not the same as Tariana and Pete. Uh, well, the National Party isn't the same leadership as uh, John Key and um, Bill English either. And let me just put it that way. Um, and they don't have a hekia prata, and they don't have a, you know, they don't have... Um, he awa no. He awa no. Mm. And so it's a very different national party. And then the rhetoric coming out of that national party is not the same as you, you saw during the John Key time. So I just want to push back on that. That's the first thing. That's the, uh, the third, uh, second thing. The third thing is, is that I think I will be expecting a phone call October the 14th um, because I've heard him 
now say on several occasions that he is absolutely unwilling to work with Winston Peters. Uh, and so if he needs about two or three seats to get over the line, I'm sure he'll be giving us a call. What the conversation is, is two different things. Will um, you answer? And what would your voters <laughs> think about you and David yeah. Seymour and Christopher Lutz? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the issue. So uh, actors are very... I, I, I can put that on the record now that we would, we would not be working with ACT. <laughs> National Voice already ruled us out in terms of working with us. But I, um, I'm sure if he was uh, politically strategic, I think we'll be getting a call come October 14th, 15th. Uh, as a party leader, you've you've had to debate other politicians, mostly in the Western se setting. And in Te Ao Māori, you know, if those debates were uh, on a marae, it would be on the marae ati, and you could, you know, say what you wanted. Is it a level playing field for Māori politicians? Do you think the campaigning, the run up to? I think it's what, what's made me ineffective because I, I know nothing about Pākehā politics and knew nothing about the chamber before I went in there, to be quite honest, in mm. terms of standing orders. I never really read those or, or speakers' rulings. Told off a few times. Told off a few <laughs> times. And, um, but it, it, everything I have done has been um, uh, guided by those standing orders and by the... Um, uh, and, and by the speaker's rulings. And so uh, I've been able to get away with a lot of things, uh, regardless of being kicked out for being disorderly. But actually the Copa Bar pushed back on have actually come out of uh, holes in those, um, in those standing orders. And so standing orders are what guides the house. The laws are what guides civilians outside of the house. And so those are some of the things that I've been able to do. But I've been able to implement the way I speak, hmm. which is... Uh, be modelled or fake order, and so all of our people out there, it's easy for us to go into that fare and translate how we do it on the marae. In actual fact, if Parliament was to take the same tikanga on the marae, mm -hmm. it would be a hell of a lot safer, um, a, a lot more robust, uh, and a lot more jovial. But uh, I think a lot more in depth mm. in terms of the way we deliver our corridor and getting our point across. I've seen you stand next to some of those leaders and have raised eyebrows. Um, Winston, <laughs> in particular, when Winston calls himself an ordinary Māori, and he uses that term a lot. When you consider the average Māori male is just 25 years old and is earning just $45,000 a year, is Winston anywhere near the ordinary Māori? I, I, I don't know what he means by ordinary Māori because Māori means ordinary. If you think, if you think about mm. it, just purity. It's just it, we just, uh, and, and it's um, it's a, a word he's using again to uh, to produce the social theory that he's um, that he's uh, um, conjuring up, and, and he's creating it. And, and what what social theory does, and I explained it before, is it creates moral panic and fear into older. It's, it's creating it into older Pākehā people where they deserve to actually retire with some dignity and some mm -hmm. peace. And they should do that. Then none of them have actually been affected by any gang before. Let me just put it that way. But there's this rhetoric that he's using. An ordinary Māori, subhuman, uh, and, and, and so it's a classist type thing that he's using, and it's colonial. It's, it's, it's still, it's, I call it neo-colonialism. And, and at the other end, he's talking about elite Māori, and I yes. think he's Suggesting, suggesting that I'm an elite you might Māori. be an elite Māori. <laughs> what is an elite Māori? I, I have no idea. I have no idea what an ordinary Māori is, and I have no idea what an elite Māori is. Um, I just know that uh, you know we, we we're all trying to make it in a in a system that hasn't been created by us, and, and some have been able to get through it, and many have been left behind. 
Um, and so when you've got 100,000 people homeless in this country, 60,000 of those being Māori, 50% uh, of the social housing waiting list being Māori, 50% of the male prison population being Māori, 64% of the female prison population being Māori. You tell me what's ordinary. Is that, is that ordinary? He wants to keep things status quo. He doesn't want a Māori health authority to close the health inequities. The gap between Māori and non-Māori dying is seven to ten years. Mm. And so, you know, all of those things is telling me, no, no, you ordinary Māori, do what you're told, um, be subjugated, be assimilated in the system, and just continue to have uh, these types of results. That's what an ordinary Māori is done. What do you make of David Seymour's interpretation of te tiriti? He doesn't have an interpretation. Uh, and his, uh, 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 ngā rite tonu. Yes, rite well, tahi, he, so he likes to take parts of uh, ngā tika ngā rite tahi, but he never ever talks about Article 2, which is to be undisturbed of our possessions, of our full and exclusive rights to our possessions, to our estates, to our, to our whenua, uh, to our taonga, and so to our kāinga, to our taonga. And so these are the things that uh, they like to uh, pick and choose. It's a bit like, uh, um, I would say, even some of the uh, Christian-based parties I'm hearing, they pick and choose what they want from the Bible. In actual fact, you know, um, let's look, look at the whole context of it and not silo side of the mountain. So Te Tiriti Waitangi was a document. I don't believe in the principles of Te Tiriti Waitangi. There's no such thing as principles. When I sign a contract, it's word. It's the words that matter. It's the words. I can't say, oh, oh, you acted out. You, you breached a contract. No, no, I acted in the principles of it. David Seymour doesn't really uh, talk about who he talks to about Te Tiriti, mm. but Winston Peters often name checks uh, Sir Apirana Ngata. Who, who do you look to for, you know, your knowledge of Te Tiriti? Well, look, um, and, and like I said, in a time and space, uh, Tāpirana had to do what he needed to do in, in Parliament um, while he was there. In actual fact, some of the greatest work that Tāpirana did was when he left Parliament. And so I could hold up books, Ngā Mōtete. Let's just go through the Ngā Mōtete books. Let's just go through the Ngā Rauru Who are your mātanga, though? Oh, who do you speak to and the, who do you reflect on? The, uh, um, I have many... So Tāpirana is, is definitely... In a, in a, in a, I look at all the... Um, um, all is, uh, um, you know, the Hansard, I read a lot through Hansard, uh, but I don't have one or two. Moana Jackson is, is definitely one of those. Uh, and when I go home, there's Ikirangi Gage, there's Dale Takitimu, my wife. You know, we, we, I'm, I have wānanga with many people, Rob Ruha and I wānanga all the time about mm. our different spaces. Um, going to the going to the to the pokai, going to the koronehana, uh, listening to the kōrero on the pai, that, that's, those are the, the kōrero that matter. Listening to rangatahi. Mm. and what it means for them today. And so um, the Tiriti shouldn't be holding us back. It actually should be uh, the document that is the foundation of everything that we do, uh, but it shouldn't be holding us back. Uh, and it should allow us to be able to have those discussions, whether you're tangata whenua or tangata Tiriti, about how we build a better Aotearoa for all of us. Campaigns can be ruthless, and earlier this year, Heather Theo skipped with mm. suicide for Mika Whaiteri. Did you ask her to step aside? Um, we had the discussion with Heather and her whanau, and um, at, at the at the end of the discussion, that was what was that came out, and she said, you know, and I, I take my hat off to Heather first of all um, for the mahi that she does in terms of um, uh, the Iron Māori space, the mahi she was doing with the DHB for our people, um, and you know, the movement for Heather when we had those discussions. This, this is what came from her. Mm. Um, that 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 was the most important thing was the movement, and she said, you know, when you have the keys to unshackle your cousin. She says, what do you do? You unshackle your cousin. And so that's what we took from out of that. She had done a lot of years for Te yes, And at the same time, Mika had been with the Labour Party, who you often mm. criticise. Yes. 
Was it really a rangatira move to switch her out for her? Um, I think, well, the, that, that switch out actually happened with the discussion with Heather and, and Mecca's whanau. And so they're the same whanau. And so we don't just say, well, you're out, you're in. Those, you want none of those things as, as, as a people. And yes, I, I get that be, there are some mamai stuff that happens, but it's about how we work through that mamai uh, for many people. Um, but at the end of the day, Heather made that decision for herself. There was no um, uh, backlash in the corridors that we had. We went on to the marae the next day. She presented her cousin. Mm. Um, and so um, the reality is, is that we wānanga through those things. Uh, we, we try to do our best to wānanga through it so people, you know, there was um, less impact or nuclear type of impact on our people. But at, at the end of the day, um, I, I still love Heather and I love her whānau and I love her commitment for our people. Her and Waino, they do some awesome mahi for, for our people. And actually, Waino, I'm waiting for my leather jacket that, um, that you were going to make. Uh, and, and, but um, at the end of the day, uh, we will always um, try and offer our people as much as we can. And that the movement is it's bigger than me. I'm already looking at my succession. Uh, I'm not going to be there forever. Uh, like I said, 70% of our people are 40 years and younger. I'm not that um, category anymore. And so um, and it's about looking at um, how we continue the movement and not um, base it around um, personalities. 53% of New Zealanders have indicated they want some kind of a wealth tax, mm. um, but the opposition is fierce. Um, what will it take uh, to get some movement there, do you think? I think it's going to take some very brave people. Uh, for us, we're, we're absolutely committed to a wealth tax. Uh, it's actually what came out of many reports from the time uh, of Cullen all the way through to Robinson, mm. um, even English. Um, and those reports have all come back, those are the Treasury reports have all come back to say that there should have been a wealth tax. Our wealth tax uh, will change the, it's transformative and will change the tax setting of this country. The 2% that control 50% of this country's wealth must now start to contribute more to the infrastructure of this country and to allow some dignity at this other end where people are paying 33, uh, between 24 and 33% tax. The, you know, not only that, the rest of their, their, um, uh, their salary goes on, you know, trying to live cost on rents, yes, on, on rents and things like that. Well, we actually, we're not even having a cost of living; we're in a cost of poverty. One of your responses to the cost of living crisis is to call for Kai sovereignty. What does that look like? Oh, Kai sovereignty, like I said, is, is, is first of all, let's take GST of Kai. Let's break the duopoly of those supermarkets so they can't raise those price hikes uh, and allowing Tangata Whenua into the market, which will create better so opportunity food for chain. us. So, food chain. This is what oh, you've yeah, been talking about. Do you think it's already in the throes? Yes, I do. And um, we need to just open up the door to allow those discussions to happen. Who's the other involved and what would it look uh, like? Oh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can disclose who's involved, but I know Iwi are involved at, that, at this particular time. But if you have a look at our power in that particular space, 50% of the fishing quota, um, we are 30% uh, of the dairy industry, um, we're bound around about the same for, for uh, beef and sheep, uh, but also in the agriculture sector, the horticulture sector, and now we're moving into uh, the aquaculture centre in terms of farming um, in, our, in our moana. And so so we are already we are we are ready to go. We are ready to go. If you were to be in a position of power, would you ensure that, that say there was a third chain that they would have to um, supply kai to those hard to get areas like Tehiku, like Titairafa? Te yes, and absolutely, and then create opportunity for kai that's been wasted to be able to um, you know to be able to go uh, into those communities that need it more. You know, we 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 we've got enough food here in Aotearoa to feed 40 million people. We're only five million strong.
Uh, you've got 100,000 people homeless. You know, you've got 60% uh, of those being Māori. It's, it's just a horrible um, outcome. And, um, you know, we've got to be transformative. And this is what the Party Māori brings to this, is, is some humanity to politics. Unfortunately, everybody else is uh, focused on eco economics. I want to ask you a question because we talk about the Westminster system, um, the Crown, but because Te Pāti Māori is running in this system, what is Te Pāti Māori? Is it the Crown? No, we're absolutely definitely not the Crown. The Crown um, is, is a Parliament, if I could say that. And so if you become government, you're upholding Parliament. And so that's why I'm a little bit hesitant to go into government, because then you just become part of the problem. Uh, is Te Pāti Māori, is that what, we, is that what we're destined to be? Um, I don't think so. And I think the times have changed. So Te Pāti Māori is very different to the Māori Party of the past. Uh, te Pāti Māori actually is a, uh, not just aspirational, but transformative uh, um, political movement for our people inside of Parliament. But we're only one cent in the dollar. The other part of the movement sits outside of it. And we're talking about uh, Kura Kaupapa, Kohangareo. They're all one cent. We're all trying to make up our dollar of oranga. And so Te Pāti Māori, in a political sense, is one cent in the dollar of our oranga. There was a poll that had you near 4%. Is that the highest Te Pāti Māori's ever? No, there was one that had us at 7 And that was the Roy Morgan poll. Like, 7%? What would that mean for Te Pāti Māori? Tell us who would get through. Nine. That would be nine uh, MPs. Who's number nine? Uh, that would be... So if... So all the Māori seats are at 7 uh, Merepeka is at 8 uh, I think they'll be one of the Kapakingi boys. What, what would that be like? Oh, that would be awesome. That would be absolutely wonderful. Um, and you would see a good mix of people who are able to advocate for, for Te Iwi Māori, but also start to reflect our rangatahi, because I can tell you what, there's not one other party in, in, in this race that has a 21-year-old running for it, and the rest, like I said, 70% under 40, that's what our list uh, reflects. Which seats do you think you, would, you will take? I think on a stink day, we're going to take four. On a good day, we'll take all seven. Uh, and Meripeka comes through on the... Um, uh, Are you including uh, Hauraki in the four? Well, she was only 4% behind the Naya. Um, what do you I, need to get there? You need voters, right? You need voters. And, the, and it's the those who are unsure, uh, the unsure voters out there, and those who probably don't vote, 180,000 Māori vote last time. What is your message to those who say they're not voting, they don't care, yeah. Māori? Well, it doesn't affect me, right? And so, um, but I know for a fact that none of them want a national act government. And so they believe that their no vote will, will uh, uh, keep them out. In actual fact, a no vote uh, is not going to keep them out. It's actually going to put them in. So I need, we need our people to get out and vote. Um, and, and, the, and the thing is, is if we want a Labour government, because they're the only ones that still have the door open to us for any negotiation, if you want a Labour government, if you want a left-leaning government, if you want a government that's committed to social, uh, the social outcomes of our people, but you want to ensure that a Māori party voice is there, well, a Māori, an unapologetic, unceded Māori voice is sitting around that table, you need to give two ticks to the party Māori because your vote doesn't contribute. If you're voting for Labour, it doesn't contribute to the Labour percentage. I'm telling you that now. We don't have enough people in the Māori seats to contribute to the percentage that Labour gets over the line. It's Pākehā voters that get them over the line, not the Māori voters. Have you done enough? What are you doing different to other, you know, because we always have a missing million or all those kinds of things. They are Māori, they are young, they are, they are rangatahi, first-time voters. Have you done enough? I am seeing a surge of the next generation coming through and voting. Um, that's, it's, it, and there's a miss. So there's Pākehā, there's a miss in between, but I'm now seeing the rangatahi and I'm thinking, uh, 
if we could put more this 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 group here we've been we've been trying to push for many many years to get them to vote and they're just out there trying to grind they're on the grind they're doing the mahi there you know and i feel sorry for them they're the working generation but their next generation, this, they're, they're connected social media, they're, they, they are absolutely uh, in touch with what's happening globally in terms of climate change. They know what's happening in terms of Black Lives Matter. They know what's happening in terms of, uh, you know, the yes vote over in, in mm. Australia. They know the indigenous rights. They know the, the inequities that have happened between indigenous peoples all over the world. They know, and I'm talking about Tangata Tiriti as well. And so I call them Gen T, Generation Tiriti. They're on the rise and they're the ones that are gonna make a difference. Tēnā koe e te tūna ne, tēnā koe. Uh, kua kewa te rama, kōrero o mata mō tēnei wā. We'll be back next week to discuss the election results, so make sure you join us, no doubt. There'll be plenty to talk about. Ka noi te mahi ki te puna whakatonga rewa me, te māngai pāho, noho rumai. Te reo, te take.